0: Hello, my name's Brian Martin, and you're listening to Episode 3 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Lisa Biffin. Hello, Lisa. How are things in Sydney tonight?
1: Oh, I think I'm sleepy, Lisa. I'm, I'm struggling to keep my eyes awake at the moment.
0: <laughs> I going to say, we're recording past my bedtime, so I was tempted to caffeinate for this.
1: Yeah, I know, nighttime. No, I'm just um, exhausted in general. So week one of my official marathon training and... <laughs> And I'm already failing. <laughs> oh,
0: no, oh, okay. I've got that ominous kind of feeling. That um, <sighs> should we just get into what happened to you during during the week? Then, oh, do you uh, know what? I, I do you think, want to get it off your chest?
1: We <laughs> you do. I think I think I, I need this time to to debrief. It wasn't a good one. No, I'll be honest. I think last week you said that um, you had gone from chocolates to boiled lollies, and I think it was my turn this week.
0: Yes, it, it was a bit like that. Uh, um,
1: it, it really was so um, bit of a not bit of a, I am a single mum for the next or uh, well, last week and this week so that thrown in with uh, work and then upping these kilometres it honestly got me good <laughs> um, and then tried to finish the week off with a uh, a race so I was going to do the well I did I I fronted up to the Sydney Harbour Ten. Um, with all hopes of running a 38 minute something and um, oh, it was it was just awful. I actually had to step off. so right. I think okay. it's only the second time ever that I've had to do that, but uh, I recognize the signs very early that uh, yeah, things just weren't going well and um,
0: what were the signs?
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't really touched on it and I, I won't really this time. I, I will talk about another topic is last year had a really tough year, um, brought on by a lot of stress and and exhaustion and, um, really trying to push through it. But I found that I was actually quite exhausted again on Sunday. And for me, um, it's just completely losing concentration, dizzy spells, being unaware of where I am and often pushing myself, um, I guess I'm pulling in reserves that aren't really there. So it's actually stressing my body to a point where um, it's it's really not, I guess it's probably not that safe. So, um, yeah, I just really started to recognise those signs. I didn't have a heart rate monitor on and I wasn't running I wasn't running very quick, but I wasn't running slow. Um, so I actually stepped off at 5k and just sort of thought, you know what, I've got I've got a long, long goal here. Let's not waste it on one day just because I said that I was going to do this particular run. So
0: mm, dizzy, dizzy and all of those things doesn't sound too good.
1: Yeah. Look, it's it's not, and you know, I'm not sure if other people experience this, but um when you've got two kids when are so small like mine, there's Honestly, there is no downtime. <laughs> um, you know, life prior to really little people, you could still come home and even just sit on the couch and you know, even for 10 minutes um, and it's just you time, whereas you just, especially when it was just me uh, last week and this week, just don't get that time. So um, I was literally run off my feet.
0: Yes, it sounds like it. This mm. is a, a classic um Example of one of the things, you know how I love film apertone, but he yes. talks about he talks yeah. about this stuff in his book where yeah. it's all about like the sum total of what's going on in your life um, uh, is is an important part of your training. So if you're getting if you're burning the candle at both ends, looking after your kids and you know, working and still trying to train as well, that that's eventually going to take a bit of a toll and sounds like it has.
1: Yeah, well, I actually was listening to a podcast um, that he was interviewed on, oh, I can't even think of the of who the podcast was.
0: The Trail Runners?
1: I think it was him actually, yeah, yep. and he was one of the interviews on them and I was listening to him on my Wednesday long run uh, and, again, you know, he, he got into that whole, that stress element of your training, you know, if you have got high stress, then you're actually not going to be able to perform. So um, I am really listening to my body these days, especially after last year, and my goal is to actually finish this marathon. Yeah. Um, So, you know, one 10K race was certainly not going to be the – Um, the end of the end of me so it was wiser to step off um I I still ran 1924 for my 5k so
0: yeah (laughs) um, still pretty speedy so someone for someone who is dizzy
1: yeah look it was it was quite a do you know the most bizarre thing happened is that when I really couldn't when I was really starting to feel dizzy my case splits actually started to get quicker so (laughs) I really don't know what happened
0: that's that's um, really odd.
1: Really odd. So anyway, pulled the pin. Look, I still got um eighteen k's out because I decided to do a, I did a longer warm up and then I actually did a quite a long cool down as well. So, um, not everything was lost, right? Mm. And um, I think one other thing that I didn't give enough respect to, and especially in this whole marathon training, is just how much of a toll the Wednesday and Sunday long run actually takes out of you.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an extra load. Um, Uh, It
1: really is. And because I had last week um, moved my long run, it was supposed to be 90 minutes and I did 82 minutes. It was so cold and dark. I just just couldn't find it within me to run the last eight minutes in the pitch black on my own. So um, it was still 82 minutes. I think that's my longest Wednesday run ever in my entire life. Um, And had, you know, come off a a two hour long run on the Sunday. So um I do you know, what? I just didn't give it enough respect.
0: Mm. So
1: lesson has been learnt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you did build up your um mid mid-week, midweek long run quite quickly as well. Like I I I really I think I inched mine up by about five minutes a week mm. off an hour. So it took me Yeah, four or five weeks to get up to running 90 minutes on the Wednesday, whereas I think you kind of jumped into it.
1: Uh, I've literally jumped in because I was doing nothing and then 30 Mm. minutes and 60 minutes and 75 minutes and then 90 minutes all within the space of four weeks.
0: Yeah, that's a lot.
1: So, yeah, so it it was a lot. I've recognised all of that. So um, it it wasn't a great week because of how it ended, but it was a really good wake-up call going into week one, which is this week of the marathon block. Um, to you know, really get some perspective, uh, respect the training and really just keep reassessing week by week uh, depending on what's going on in your life.
0: That's true. And look, I'm kind of reminded of um, yeah, no, another person I really like listening to is Dr. Mark Cookazella and he, he's also on the um, Trail Runner podcast quite a bit and also listen to a, a good in a good discussion that he was in with um, Dr. Phil Maffetone one day, and he was just talking about his running being his recovery from life, and not um, letting his running training become an extra stress in his life. And you know, I think given how much you've got going on, um, despite what you've put in your program and your overall um, marathon goal for this New York Marathon, you're going to have to be really wary of of not adding like an extra burden onto everything else that you've got to deal with.
1: Yes, so it was funny because on my warm down, my long warm down on Sunday, all I could think about was our discussion last week, pulling apart my program um, and in some of the suggestions that you had put on. And I have actually gone back. I've made some tweaks that we'll talk about a bit later um, just to really recognize that, you know, some of those things I know that I can't actually fit them in now. So yeah have made the call early good uh, idea yeah to change some of those things around um really because just to keep that the long goal is to get to that start line in the marathon being not injured and actually finish it so yeah i'd love to run sub three hours um but given everything else that's going on i think it's also a massive achievement to even finish
0: absolutely and look it's you know, without getting too – people people get quite romantic about the marathon and, look, I've only done one, but for – at least for probably a bit more than half of that race, it was actually kind of enjoyable as well. It was actually a nice experience um, being able to um, feel quite comfortable running for – you know 25 26 odd K and you know notice people in the crowd who are cheering you on f- high-fiving a few kids and whatnot like it's actually it's quite kind of a nice thing so you do want to arrive in a in a relatively good state physically and mentally to be able to kind of enjoy that so
1: yeah and I think that's one of the things that people talk talk so highly about the New York marathon and I've spoken to friends and other people that have done marathons and they often say that that's their favorite because of that atmosphere so I certainly don't want to take that part away from it by worrying about silly little races so yeah look I mean I still had a pretty good week I actually did a a set of K's on the Thursday I didn't taper at all for um that Sunday race which was always the plan um And, you know, I ended up running some Ks and got down to 335s, which I haven't been in that ballpark for – quite a long you know two years so mm. you know i think that whole mantra of don't try and increase everything at once i tried yeah. to increase pace um yes and <laughs> distance and race all in one week
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say 335s that's a bit aggressive for them
1: um <laughs> oh, I look and it felt so good and it felt so easy yeah. and k's mm-hmm. like a uh, rep k's off 60 seconds is probably one of my favorite sessions so i was like yeah. this is amazing um but it all came crashing down. So, um, good lessons to take away from it. My body's still feeling fine. My mind is feeling fine, and I am moving on.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good.
1: Yeah. So, on the flip side, we have you, who I, you know, I can see you puffing your chest from here. <laughs> uh, well, you, you can't
0: even see me. <laughs> You just sensed it, right?
1: I can, I can sense the um the glow that's coming from you after your highly successful week.
0: Well, you know, I'm not going to talk it up too much, but um, yeah, as as we were saying last week was a little bit challenging for me, and I did I did kind of back things off a fraction um, pace wise, and also sort of went into this week thinking, um, I just need to be not chasing K's and just have a have a week where it's really. Kind of easy. Um, and I mentioned at the end of the last um, last week's podcast that I was um, heading on over to Bansdale to visit my brother Andrew, and that we were going to do park run on Saturday morning. So I, you know, I haven't done a, a hard five k for a very long time, like probably six years, <laughs> I reckon. Um, so I wanted to arrive um, to uh, run that five k um, with. Uh, I don't know I wanted to run it pretty well so I didn't want to arrive there feeling super tired so so the week for me wasn't particularly stressful it sort of started out on Monday as usual with a rest and Tuesday um, I jogged around for 54 minutes and covered I think a bit more than 9k heart rate was yeah really keeping things under control it was a 128 heart rate average um, 550 kilometer pace Uh, when's when's I did, yeah, really just making sure that I was at the, the low end of my um, uh, mafetone heart rate um, zone that I work in. So, yeah, top end, 137. So, yeah, trying to do a lot of training in that sort of 10 beats a minute under that and up to the 137. So, yeah, really really just tried to take it easy. Um, and I was also still trying to look after my uh, foot, which I mentioned last time was a little bit... Um, Little bit sore, and look, it hasn't been sore since. But I've just got a vague awareness that it's still not a hundred percent. It's probably like ninety percent or ninety five. So I didn't want to do anything crazy this week.
1: You need some of that hard massage that you hate so much.
0: (laughs) Well, I have been taking to myself with my massage stick, and
1: uh, (laughs) leave that, leave that alone. Yeah,
0: that's right, that's right. So that's about as hard as it gets for me. But uh, yeah, so I got into Wednesday got through my 90 minute Wednesday midweek long run and yeah I took that one relatively easy as well um, it was a 133 heart rate average 536 uh, kilometer pace um, covered about touch over 16 kilometers did a, did a few strides at the end um, so yeah that actually felt pretty good um, yeah not not as obviously not as fast as I had been covering Some of those midweek runs where I'd been in the 520s, but but yeah, I was just keen to take it a little bit easier. Um, and Thursday, yeah, that was super easy. I just did half an hour, so that was a touch over five kilometers and (laughs) heart rate 120 average, (laughs) so uh, it was ridiculously easy. Um, no, well, well, it was 552 average, um, so yeah. Some people would say that is walking, but um, still actually jogging. And after that, did um, six of those Lydiard Hills that I've, um, I've been doing. Um, and Friday, yeah, it was about 40 minutes, seven and a half k's. Again, nice and low heart rate, 128, heart rate, 536 kilometre pace average. And I was trying out my new Ultra Escalante shoes, which... Yeah. Um, haven't owned before um so yeah they that was the first run that i'd done in those and they felt pretty good Mm -hmm. um a zero drop shoe with a bit of cushion um which is yeah i've probably had quite a few minimal shoes but some they've kind of been like all or nothing like totally flat no cushion um uh, probably the only exception to that is a Saucony. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it called. I think it was a Verrata or something. That had a zero drop shoe, um, which had some cushioning. But yeah, this was quite nice. So I'll be looking forward to seeing whether I like that. Um,
1: yeah, as interesting that you go forward mention those because I also have a pair of those shoes.
0: You do. Uh, you won yours, didn't you?
1: I do. So I, I won mine, and I hadn't honestly heard of the brand before. Um, but I love trying out new new shoes and apparel, um, and. The only thing that I don't like about them, um, I have incredibly skinny ex ballerina feet. So That's true.
0: You had your your feet bound, didn't you, as a child? Well, I think I
1: have <laughs> abnormally thin feet, and you know these shoes. The front of them were just way too wide for me. It was like I could actually possibly fit the other foot inside one of the shoes. They're, um, they're
0: super wide. You could probably water ski on them, I yeah, reckon. Yeah,
1: and so, you know, for some people, I mean, you, you seem to like that. Um, and I, I did try, but on, I was honestly slipping around too much in them. But what I did like is they are zero drop. They were so, like, they were actually incredibly comfortable. So mm. if they could make a pair that were for us skinny ballerina feet, um, I'd definitely have them on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you could probably try those Innovate 195s because they're a pretty low-profile kind of shoe, four mil offset, a um, little bit less cushioning, but they're quite narrow in the um, the forefoot, so they might, might suit you a little bit better. Yeah, well, that's what I need. <laughs> Mm. So anyway, so getting on to the big um, Saturday park run. So that was at Bairnsdale, Um and uh, it's a really nice course there at Bairnsdale, um just by the Mitchell River. Um, they actually have dedicated course markers on a on a nice walking slash running trail beside the river. So they've got the start marked out. They've got kilometre markers. Oh, perfect. Is it um, on
1: bitumen? Is it on like a dirt path?
0: It's it's mostly gravel. Um, a gravel kind of surface Yeah um, Yeah So it's pretty good And I've even got like a, a turnaround post At two and a half K So it's an out and back mm. Um Course Um So yeah It's pretty well set up Um So yeah Anyone in that region Or passing through Who wants to do a park run It's a pretty good one To do Relatively Fastish course I would say Um Just having Only the one turnaround Definitely Definitely helps And yeah Um Andrew and I um, couldn't have had better weather. Like it was, yeah, sunny, little wind. Um, It was really quite a nice morning. So, yeah, we just had a bit of a jog around before the park run and, yeah, found ourselves on the start line and I was kind of hoping Andrew might pace me um, along, but I I knew he had his own um, goals to to try and run fast and he'd he'd been having a few battles with some of the locals and I I think he was pretty keen to race. So, uh, yeah. once the, once the, well, they don't have a gun, but once we, we headed off, he was pretty soon out in front because he's been doing, as I mentioned, um, quite a few sub um, 25Ks. Um, so early on, yeah, he was showing me a clean pair of heels. Um, and I had a bit of a, a watch malfunction at the start, which kind of threw me just a little bit, um, didn't quite get the... Uh, get the watch started i thought i'd started it and then i looked down about 100 meters in and it hadn't started so good I lesson to though start- to not it,
1: be um dictated by your watch you just feel uh, <laughs> <deal> I <then.
0: laughs> uh, no but um given my lack of recent experience of running 5k i was kind of looking forward to having the pace to kind of guide me um and when I did get it started I was kind of horrified to see that I was running at 330 pace oh, no. <laughs> which wasn't wasn't really what I was prepared for um so I pretty quickly backed things off um to something more sensible which I thought I was vaguely capable of holding which was sort of around that four minute mark
1: you got caught up in the spirit of the run
0: I did, and yeah, because of the, I wouldn't have if if the watch hadn't have malfunctioned. But yeah, I did end up going out probably for the first two hundred and fifty meters a little bit too hard, which, which actually cost me because by the time we got to two and a half k, I felt pretty cooked, Um, and then it was one of those five k's where you just kind of had to hang on, Um, and I kind of, I I sort of did okay. Um, I I, my pace kind of dropped quite a bit in the in the fourth kilometer as it tends to do um and i think that's just my lack of race hardening and specific kind of training preparation for for 5k um but i did manage to once i got a sniff of the finish kind of rally and i got over the line in 20 minutes and nine seconds
1: which is an awesome time and you came fourth
0: i did (laughs) i did come i did come fourth um my brother Andrew came third, so he finished in 1923, which is super speedy. Um, and, yeah, he was only just shaded by uh, one of the locals, Dave Kinsey, who ran 18.42, and a young guy called Ethan Sanderson, who was in the kind of 15 to 17 age group, he ran 19.15. Mm. So I think uh, that was the first time that that young bloke had actually beaten Andrew, so I think Andrew was a bit bitter about that, to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he took home the sibling rivalry, rivalry though. Off, uh, he,
0: he did, yes. He, he definitely trounced me. So, um, yeah, it was, um, I think, it was pretty good.
1: Uh, uh, do you know what, what I really like about your run and that hopefully a lot of listeners can take something from this? So you've run 20.09. You've nearly run a sub-20-minute 5K, your first 5K in however many years. Six years. And you've done no specific training. You have gone out there, you've just built and built a base, and you're still able to run a time like that. I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Look, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's good. Um, I'm not getting – I think you're actually more excited about it than me, to be honest. But... <laughs> um, when was the last
1: time that you had a race? I can't even remember the last time you've raced.
0: Uh, oh, well, I've raced with you at Canberra at um, uh, yeah. in the half marathon this year. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But, yeah, anyway, so, look, it was good. Um, I certainly got the heart rate up. Um, I, think, I think I got up to 172 max, which is pretty pretty high for me. In the fact, um, 400 metres. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, yeah, average 163 for the 5K. Um, I, the interesting thing when I was looking back at the data that I did manage to collect was in that kind of, you know, 4K where everyone just goes to sleep in the 5K. Um, my pace dropped, but my heart rate dropped off quite a bit too. So I think it was my, um, my brain was just going into protection mode Mm -hmm. there. Um, whereas when you're kind of ready for that in your training and you've done it a few times, you just, you can override that a little bit and just keep pushing through. Um, but yeah, I probably need a little bit more training and, uh, maybe one or two of those kind of race type efforts to toughen me up a little bit so I can kind of push through and, um, get under that 20 minute barrier. Again, Which
1: I don't think is far away, but your other goal, because you're you're in a bit of a down and out last week, you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut. Um, did this help, you know, getting in a race environment? Well, you know, it's, it's not a serious race, but it's still a nice environment where people are competing and you've pushed yourself and now you've got this benchmark. Um, have you felt yourself turn a corner?
0: Um, I don't know if it's a corner and, look, I, I'm actually – I'm more excited about what the potential training benefit might be um, for doing that effort, and you know, when we get to talk about my marathon plan shortly, um, about introducing some other five k type VO two max training, what that what that might do for me overall in terms of my fitness um, and also my ability to kind of sustain a higher pace at low heart rate for the marathon so i'm kind of excited about the possibilities training wise and what it might do for me mm. um but yeah look it was definitely fun to get out there and you know have a crack at the 5k and um yeah blow out a few cobwebs
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and <at the> <laughs> um, distance, it doesn't leave you lagging for the next week you can basically get out of bed and keep cracking on
0: yeah that's right and look you know the next on, on Sunday, I was I, I could definitely feel that I'd done I'd done a five k. Um, so yeah, I was pretty cautious about the long run on Sunday. So yeah, again, just went out with my brother and we uh, got around and ran for about two hours and seven minutes. Uh, took it super easy. He was taking it easy on me. I just said I want to run really slow so I could just use it as recovery. Um, so yeah, we covered twenty two k's. 129 heart rate average so nice and nice and easy and it was about 547 um, average kilometre pace so yeah ended up running about 71 kilometres for the week Mm. with with a 5k thrown in for good measure
1: good solid week got you out of your rut and the question is because our topic of the week is brian's training plan marathon training plan did it inspire you to actually put pen to paper (laughs)
0: Well, um, it did because um, the next day I actually did sit down um, with my exercise book and pen and paper It's nice to actually work um, off the computer for a start when you're trying to nut that kind of stuff out So um, yeah, it did actually get me going So why don't we talk about that after this So, topic of the week is Brian actually making a plan and writing it down. So, I think this is the first
1: actually ever.
0: (laughs) I reckon it might be. I have actually followed a plan before, but I I don't think I've actually properly written out um, a structured training program um, for a ten-week block, Mm. which is what is left until the Melbourne Marathon. Yeah, so, so we'll
1: pop a- yours up um, like we we'll pop mine up because it'll be nice for listeners to see, I guess, the difference, um, the different approaches, um, how you're tackling it versus myself and you know, take bits and pieces from, um, from either of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, before I kind of get into mine, uh, it is a 10-week plan but when I consider – um, what I've done over the kind of last eight or nine weeks um, where I've probably averaged somewhere between, well, I've either done weeks between 70 or 80 kilometres a week for the last eight or nine weeks. So I've got this really solid base. And if I added, you know, eight plus 10, it's it's almost really an 18-week program. Um, so, if, so even though it's it's 10 weeks, it's really... 10 sitting on top of um uh eight or nine weeks of solid training so um this is definitely not something that you would jump into um without having worked up to it mm-hmm. take a um yeah excited so to look, hear about it like like you i'm not going to go through it chapter and verse because yeah we'll, we'll put it up in the show notes and people can have a look through it but um what i tried to do was um kind of keep going with the core of what I have been doing, which is, um, you know, lots of uh, steady state running, Um, yeah, really utilising my um, Maffetone heart rate training range um, quite a lot. So I'm not going to depart from that too much. Um, But what I am going to do is add in um, a couple of elements from, and yeah, I'm not not saying I'm actually following a a Lydiard program, Um, in a way that I'm sure the Lydia Foundation would be happy with, but I'm grabbing a few bits from that and probably grabbing a few bits out of Pete Fitzinger's advanced marathoning and kind of throwing them into the cauldron, giving them a bit of a stir and hoping that I get a little bit of alchemy um, that comes out to benefit my marathon. Um, So what I've done is like basically break my next 10 weeks into um, three distinct phases um, and the first phase, and look, if I had a little bit more time, these phases would be a bit longer. The first phase is a three-week phase, which I'm calling Hills Plus Endurance. Um, and all I've done there is basically add in, I have been doing that sort of one hill session a week. I've basically added in a second session of hills. Um, so that's my Tuesday, Thursday. After I do some easy recovery runs, I'm just going to roll through some like six to eight of those um uh, Lydiard easy hills that I've been doing And, and they're not the super hard um, Bounding um, Tight ones, they're really entry level um, Lydiard hills so the pace is quite Slow and controlled
1: How steep is and the I'm, hill?
0: Um, look it's, I don't know what the exact gradient is But yeah, I'll post a link Up to the video I made um, uh, Of that exercise A couple of weeks back, um, people can have a look At it, but it's it's reasonably Steep, but it's not so steep that I can't Kind of run up it um, uh, yeah and the idea is just kind of run up it with a strong bouncy um gate. um but it doesn't have to be super fast it's just maintaining that forward momentum up the hill so you get lots of resistance and yeah i did actually did a set of those um this morning and yeah i could really kind of feel it afterwards it's a it's a real kind of strength training exercise which which i think is pretty important um the other thing I'm going to be adding in for that for that phase and also for the, the phase following is, like, uh, Fartlek Friday.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. So, <laughs>
0: <this one. laughs> um, and that's really um, going to be that 5K pace VO2 max type training, but I'm m- mostly just going to stick to a, a time-based Fartlek kind of session for that of varying... Um, yeah, varying formats. So there'll be some of those pyramids, like the one, two, three, four, three, two, one. Oh, that's a tough um, one. It
1: sounds really easy on paper, but it gets me good every time.
0: Yeah, that's that's one where you can really blow yourself up um, early in the session. Um, so I'll be doing a little bit of that kind of thing, and probably like some ones where I just do like sets of three minutes, or sets of two minutes, or sets of four minutes. Um, but yeah, not doing, definitely not doing more than 20 minutes total effort. Um, and I'll be making sure I've got adequate recovery when I'm doing those kind of longer intervals, um, so that I can just kind of get my heart rate and, um, technique under control, um, before I do the next effort. Um, you know, I'm looking for a physiological, benefit there, hopefully. So, I've done lots of bottom up with all of this steady state training and hoping for a bit of top down. So, maybe doing some of that will actually help me run faster at a lower heart rate. That's that's what I'm hoping for. The other thing I'm hoping for there is actually like a strength benefit. Um, because it's faster, I'm going to have to be exerting um, a lot more strength and working through a bigger range of motion Um, while I'm running those kind of faster fartlek sessions. Um, So I'm hoping actually to get like a physical strength benefit out out of that, which will also hopefully help me in the marathon.
1: Um, One thing I notice on here, and others may pick up on this too, is you don't ever mention how many Ks you want to run. And I don't know if this was on purpose um, because I know last week you were talking about that you had this ideal of 100Ks a week, you know, that romantic 100K that everyone gets sucked into um, and you were saying that you think you want to stick around the maybe the 80Ks. Um, Have you deliberately not put down the amount of Ks and prefer to run to minutes?
0: That's an excellent question and, yes, it is a deliberate choice. Um, I really didn't want to put kilometers down um, just to just to make sure that I didn't actually focus on that Mm -hmm. Um, what I want to focus on is doing the sessions for the time durations that I've outlined and that gives me a bit of flexibility as well because if I need to run slower um, then I just run to the the time duration that I've put for myself and that may mean on some weeks that I run less k's and other weeks that I run more and look it'll be interesting to see how it goes um, based on what I've outlined, like how many K's I actually do get. Will you still record the be... K's? I will, yeah, because that'll all be on my um, GPS watch, so I'll be able to report back what K's I actually um, did achieve each week. Mm. Um, but you know, I won't really know what the result of that's going to be till I get closer to the um, to the end of the week.
1: Actually, don't um, mind. That strategy for you know maybe even a first time a marathoner or someone who may be stuck in a rut and is so fixated on running particular K's maybe to the detriment of their their training, just take yeah. that pressure away and, and say yeah I'm going to run to time.
0: Yeah, uh, I, and look, I think it's I, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Um, yeah, I, I think it will give me more flexibility and yeah, as you mentioned, um, less pressure which is not something that i really want to put on myself Mm -hmm. um so yeah the uh what else is going to happen so the midweek long run is going to stay um during that three-week block and i'll probably do a, a an easy long run of about two hours Two and a half hours um, during that three-week block as well, um, just to really get me get the time on feet. So I'm not really going to fuss about how many K's I cover in that. It'll probably be a similar kind of effort to the one that I just did on the weekend. So just go out nice and slow and make sure I can kind of cover that ground. and And that run we did on the Sunday was was fantastic because probably for, in fact, really apart from about one kilometre where I just started to feel a little bit tired it was pretty effortless like just running that slow you know running two hours and saying it's effortless like even though it wasn't a fast pace like I think that's still a good sign that um, I'm getting quite fit and strong. Yeah it's an
1: excellent sign I haven't actually had that sign come towards me yet and I'm looking forward to the day it does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and look, I, I think I had to slow down to get that um, because I wasn't kind of getting that when I was pushing things along a little bit um, more a couple of weeks ago. So, so yeah, for that first really long run, I'll really take that easy, um, which I guess brings me to the second three-week block, um, and this one's really a, a 5K plus endurance. They're, it's all endurance. It's the marathon. Um, but in this one, um, I'll be doing... Uh, Again, the Friday, the Friday fartlek session, um, and there's at least one week out of this three week sessions where I'm actually going to add in a second easier five um, k pace type fartlek session as well. Um, and the other thing that happens in this three week block is doing some specific marathon pace um, sessions after i've run for two hours oh, wow. so i'll run for two hours up to my um mafetone heart rate limit and then i'll do you know some variation of um you know blocks of five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes um, to give me you know up to about half an hour of um, marathon pace um effort after i've already run two hours and. Been tired and depleted and lacking in glycogen in my muscles, and and then yeah, try and knuckle down and um, run marathon pace so that'll be good prep.
1: So I think that is an excellent session. Um, I am going to say that I attempted last year in my very failed uh, running comeback to do something similar, but um, when training for a half marathon, and I highly do not recommend <laughs> trying it if you're just getting like into training so I will definitely not be putting that I don't have a session like that in my program um, how many well, you've got like a good solid 12 15 months behind you now
0: yeah I, look I did have a break after the marathon last year for a few months um, but yeah look I, I think last year's running would help but I think this year's running has actually been a lot more consistent like the the fact that I've been able to do nine weeks of seventy plus k's a week, pretty much, mm. um, and yeah, really worked up to doing these two long runs a week for a long period of time, um, and running for two hours um, or very close to two hours for at least three or four weeks before I'm kind of getting into this. Um, I think yeah, will give me the, the basis to be able to do it. And look, if I can't do it, I'll, I'll just run easily for a little bit longer, mm. and and I may have to make that choice at some point because you know. Pro, as we we're saying last week, training program is just a plan, and if I'm tired or um, got a niggle or whatever, there's no way I'm going to, um, you know, up the up the pace at the end of a long run. Um, if I'm feeling okay, I'll do it. Um, if I'm not, then you know, I can always run easy.
1: Mm. Look, I think that's a really tough session, so I would definitely be advising against it. <laughs> if you would not, if you didn't have a base, I know that I failed <clears throat> failed dismally. At it. And I was only trying to run for 90 minutes with the last 15 minutes at um, my half marathon pace. I didn't even get close.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of brings me to the last section of the program, which is a four-week sharpening up and taper. Um, and I've taken a bit of inspiration from Arthur Lydiard's book Running from the Top here where he he really does start winding back um, both the volume and intensity of all running four weeks ahead of the marathon, uh, which I found pretty interesting. So yeah, it basically explicitly says any of the long runs during that period are basically just jogging. Um, so for me, that'll be kind of like the low, like like the run I did um, on the weekend. So the low end, low end kind of heart rate um, in the marathon system. Um, so in that period, yeah, it'll be. Shorter runs. Um, the longer runs that I do do will be at a lower heart rate um, than what I've been doing most of the other ones. There'll still be a bit of light um, and shorter um, 5k pace type training in there. And there's a couple of little time trial type sessions, including um, I've penciled in um, another 5k park run um, for a little over, I think it's a little over two weeks out from the marathon, um, you know which, one which is know? in there as a I'll just do the Ballarat one. I think for that one, so yeah, that'll that'll just be like a, a time trial effort. Um, yeah, lots of easy running and easy jogging. I, I found last year that um, yeah, I made lots of mistakes last year, but one of one of them was scheduling a long run of more than thirty kilometres um, three weeks out from the marathon, and it didn't go well <laughs> for, for a few reasons. Um, it was really hot and windy. And I was clearly already a bit overtrained and stressed and cooked, and I kind of went out on this out and back course and and really roasted myself. Um, so consequently, I spent the the last three weeks before the marathon last year just really jogging around trying to get healthy and prepared um, to be able to run the race. So this year, um, I'm giving myself an extra week, and there's not going to be any. Um, very long runs during that four weeks, and there's not going to be that much intensity either. So I'm hoping that I'll get, uh, I'll get really freshened up, um, and yeah, arrive at the start line in super good shape um, to run a good marathon.
1: I have a question about <clears throat> these yes. wind sprints that no mm-hmm. doubt uh, others may. What
0: yep. are they? <laughs> okay, so as most, pe- most people, most people probably recognize uh, the bends and straights um kind of training session which is pretty much go to the track and um what you do is like pretty much sprint the straights and float or jog the bends um i was just kind of double checking what Um, Lydiard had meant by wind sprints in his program And he he has kind of two flavours of it There's sort of like the 100 metre ones And then the 50 metre ones Um, And what he actually advises is Doing it for Or doing the session for as long as you can maintain Sprinting on the straights But the bends are actually more of a float So they're they're actually not a jog as such They're, They're probably still running along At a decent pace Um, so it may be when I do my wind sprints that, you know, after four, four or five laps, I might be done and that's fine. Like it's a, it's supposed to be a really short session, um, just to maintain your anaerobic fitness leading up to racing. Um, so it's not supposed to be super stressful, um, but it is supposed to sharpen you up a little bit, um, and just keep you, keep you fresh and maintain all of the benefits of any training that you have done, um, in the lead up to your races.
1: And does it have to be done on an athletics track?
0: No, could be could be done anywhere. And I'm pretty sure on the Lydiard Foundation website, there's some um, videos and photos of um, uh, athletes either doing it in the center of like on the grass part of the oval in the middle of an athletics track, or you could just go to a football oval. Um, you could probably just do it on a, on a normal walking or running trail as well. It'd just be a case of marking out um, a section where you can do some continuous um, running and sprinting for a short period of time. But, but yeah, in that last part, it's it's really not about volume. Um, the intensity there is high, but it's very light volume um, and the intensity is not very high for very long um, when you're actually sprinting. So yeah the idea is definitely to you know, maintain and hone your physical condition, not to kind of beat yourself up with you know doing 400s or something like that. I, I just I wouldn't see the point of that quite close to the marathon. Mm. I think that would be risky.
1: So one or two things stand out um, for me that is not in here. Um, yep. one,
0: I know what you are got to say. <laughs> it'll
1: be interesting to see what you think I'm going to say. One, um, like any strength work that is not running, so gym type of work, yep. and two, You definitely spoke to me about recovery because it's something that I need to pencil in. I don't see in here any, um, you know, active recovery, so like yoga or walking or massage. We know that you hate them unless there's candles and pedals. But, um, yeah, how are you going to approach either of that or are you going to?
0: Um, Yes. So strength work, um, I haven't actually written it in. I I probably could have, but... I must admit, I'm not doing heaps of strength um, training at the moment, even though I'm a massive advocate of doing strength training because it's super important. And it's not just a one percenter; it's like a five percenter. Most of the um, the research around strength training would suggest you can get, you know, five percent improvements in your running economy, or it might even be like, you know, three to four to five percent improvements in just your your actual race performance. Um, so I'm probably not doing as much as what I should, but I am doing about one session where I'm just doing some um, body weight um, strength training exercises, mostly focused on um, strengthening up hips and um, and quads um, and little bit of core um, as well. So I am doing that. I just haven't written it into the the program because I was kind of more focused on the running part. The other thing I'd say about the strength work is th- those lidiard heels that I'm doing. I'm treating those as strength training because for me they they really are strength work.
1: Okay. Well, that, they um, could be a good one and- for any listeners that you know time poor like myself that haven't got that you know extra hour to get to the gym but can how long does that they take you what 5 minutes to do
0: uh, i reckon about 10, 10 minutes, minutes yep. yeah it's pretty pretty short investment of time for potentially some pretty good benefits and That's yeah i can to tell you no nah, exactly and you know just Get out in the sunshine, find yourself a nice hill on a quiet road, and and just get them done. Like yeah, I could, it definitely feels like I've been to the gym after I've done them. So I, I think they're they're definitely hitting the mark in terms of strength work. Um, in terms of recovery, I do do a fit, bit of walking because I walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's walking before a lot of my runs, and there's often um, a second walk in the day because um, the dog definitely needs two walks a day so she she makes me do it um so yeah there's there is a fair bit of walking type recovery um that i do but again yeah i haven't actually written that into the program but but you're right that's all the all the kind of stuff that um sits around the edges um that often isn't spoken about or evident in a lot of running programs that people kind of should be mindful of um including you didn't ask me the question that i thought you were gonna ask. oh what was that why are there no tempo oh. runs?
1: <laughs> well, I know that you you think they're too hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they are they are hard. There's no doubt about that. And um, I, th- I think the reason why I don't want to put them in is yeah, a they are quite difficult. And I kind of double dipped a bit last year when I was doing some tempo runs and long runs, which ended up the long runs ended up being tempo runs. And then I felt that I got really quite tired. I guess the other reason is. My marathon goal is not that fast, and tempo running is all about running fast um, or f- maintaining a pace, a faster pace um, at a relatively high heart rate. Like I'm trying to do this marathon um, in heart rate zones that are, uh, you know, not not really approaching anywhere near what my tempo or threshold. Um, heart rate would be. So I want to spend a lot of time running this marathon somewhere between 140 and 150 beats a minute. And then, yeah, 155, there'll probably be a huge period of time where I'm in that kind of zone um, as well. So I don't know. For me, I, I think it's probably... Too much risk for not enough reward at this point. If if my goal is a bit more audacious like yours, I might be tempted to throw some more tempo running in there. But um, you know, I can I can look at doing that maybe next year or the year after. Look,
1: I know for me, tempos are such a good mental challenge. That's probably the benefit that I find from them obviously there's a training benefit too um, but sometimes i think that i need to work on my mind obviously the marathon is so much of it is mental um, sort of yeah. put myself in a place that i just don't like but personally I, I get a lot of benefit from that um, yep. but you know look i love the fact that your plan is so different to mine i'm really curious to see the end result from it and you know, you've got on here that your goal time is three hours 20. Um, yeah, sure, it, it's it's not elite, you're not going to be breaking any land speed records, but it's still moving. Nope. Like, what? what is that pace for uh
0: 4 45 okay. or thereabouts? Yeah. yeah, um, so yeah, it's not super fast, but um, it's a pretty solid time, um, by normal people's standards, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, and look, to be honest, given I've outlined this you know, a few extra different sessions that I've added into my program, but I, I could have almost kind of kept going with what I was doing, I think, and still probably stood a good chance of running that time anyway. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens. Um, maybe this will either make running 320 really easy or maybe I'll run faster. Yeah, who knows?
1: Who knows? Well, the proof will be in the pudding 10 weeks' time.
0: Yep, exactly. Mm. Um, what else did I have to talk about? Yes. All right. Well, that's my plan. So what about your plan? You made a couple of revisions um, to yours. Oh, Do you want I to did. take I'll us through about, I'll talk to
1: them quickly. We'll, we'll pop it up. Um, so as I said, I, after my failure on Sunday, um, it really woke me up to a couple of probably the over-ambitious um, elements to my plan. <laughs> um, so the first thing I did was scrap any of the races that I had put in there um, and I think I had put in from memory, uh, as I'm just bringing it up now. Um, the half marathon, which is in I think five weeks' time now, I had wanted to have another assault on four-minute k's, and just after the way that I felt on uh, on Sunday, I just thought this, that's a dumb idea. And you know, I'll be stressing my body. You know, I may take a week or two weeks to recover if I'm really exhausted, and that again defeats the whole purpose of what I'm trying to achieve. So um, that was the first thing that definitely got a big strike through it. Um, And I'm still going to do the half, but I've decided to run it as a progressive run. It's actually a really good course. You do three by 7k loops. Um, So my plan is for every loop to just get a little bit quicker so that I'm still running quicker than marathon pace. Um, so I'll start off marathon pace, the next 7K is a bit quicker and then the last 7K, see what I have left. I just think it'll be a lot more enjoyable. Um, I will recover from it really well and I still will have that down week the week after it, but I just don't think I'll be in a big heap like <laughs> um, I may be, you know, especially five weeks in for this training going from sort of 60, 70Ks a week to 80Ks a week, plus lifestyle on top. Um, I, I didn't give it enough respect, to be honest. Yeah. So so that got taken out. Um, the 15K race two weeks out got a big strike through it as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, that one's gone. Uh, that
1: one's gone. I can already see the smile on your face on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so what are you going to do so instead? For I'm going to
1: do the Adam Diddick session that you had outlined last week. Um, okay, I, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, again, mm. won't leave me really flat. Um, I do like that 15k distance. So as you said, sort of the first 5k, slow the marathon, next 5k marathon pace, and then the last 5k a bit quicker, and then just seeing how the heart rate goes. So
0: sounds good. Hey, I did a bit of. Um, uh, re-listening to that Adam Didick interview, which I think I might have said it was on Inside Running Podcast. It was actually on Tell Me Your mm-hmm. Tales, which was the the precursor to that. Um, so, yeah, just re-listened to that section closely, one, to find out when he was getting his athletes to do that session and two, just make sure that I didn't miss anything and I did miss something. Um, he said he mostly gives it to his athletes uh with like a three-minute recovery in between the 5K segments. Um, But having said that, he also said that he'd put um, Jess Trengrove into a 15K race and just done it progressively, um, which I actually think it would be better to do it without recoveries, um, just to give you a more accurate simulation of what that kind of like first 15K in the marathon um, is going to do to your heart rate because you don't get like a recovery recovery. You don't get recovery jog in that, um, so yeah, I think just kind of rolling through it um, progressively um, probably give you a more accurate result. Um, and the other thing he said was he gave it to um, Kane Coins, who was an ex AFL footballer who ran the Melbourne Marathon in a ridiculously fast time this year of two hours thirty or something. Um, but yeah, he did that a couple of weeks out from the marathon. So where you've got it seems about. Well, if it's not spot on, it's probably fairly close mm. um, to when you should do it. Unlike me, who um, I'm going to be doing it this week. But yeah, we'll be talking about that <laughs> after.
1: Um, yeah. So that's, uh, I guess, the two significant changes. The other significant change which you'll be happy about was I was very excited to do the 30K tempo at marathon pace. About five weeks out, so I have actually um, scrapped that and made it a 21K tempo at marathon pace. Um, I think that is a lot more achievable and won't leave me – won't leave me cooked. Uh, I won't have run my marathon um, in training. And it is still a session that I do want to try at some stage, but probably not after only having eight months of running after two years off in my legs.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a good idea. And you're doing that It's part of the Western Sydney Marathon, so that'll give you a chance to practice all of your fueling and all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly.
1: So um, I really wanted to do that in a race-type environment, so I had that exactly what you said, like it's in the um, race-type feel whilst not a race to practice all those little one percenters and the drinks and the gels and all those types of things. So um, that'll be really good. And the only other major like one is I've um, put in that maybe the the land walking time on feet instead of the the pool running for those yeah. long runs. So um, yeah, so a few tweaks, um, but mainly those races. Just recognising that I think too much too soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. The only other thing that caught my ear when you were talking about what you were doing this well, last week. When you you mentioned you're doing some K reps and you're doing them off a minute, yes. is that is that kind of training likely to continue into this marathon block? Because that that's pretty hard. Like that's pretty hard. Yeah. Going. Look,
1: I'm I'm not sure what will be on the agenda. Um, our club coach does set the the program. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. If they do remain, um, I know that the pace will be a lot slower. So I had done a 10 by 800 um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, but the pace, and that was off 60 seconds too, but the pace was um, between sort of 3.12 and three minutes, down to three minutes, mm-hmm. which is a hell of a lot slower than what I would normally run Um 800s in. So that would be the main difference is increase the volume and slow it down.
0: Okie dokie. Mm. Um, right. I think we're almost ready for um, our tip of the week. We're going to be talking about long runs. So I don't know about you, Lisa, but I figure there's a bit of an art to executing a good long run and having even having done the marathon last year I kind of feel like that I'm only really kind of getting to master the long run well maybe not master but at least get better at executing it um this year um how about you
1: well I sometimes call myself queen plod because I love a really slow long run and I remember my time in Ballarat um, being coached by Rod Griffin. He was such a big advocate for, he used to say, if you can't have a proper conversation whilst doing this long run, you're running it too fast. And those words have always stuck with me. So, you know, for me, a key is the long run is a recovery run and it's meant to be slow. Um, I see so many people I guess running it too fast and getting quite sucked into being a bit of a slave to their watch. So, you know, for me, the long run tip would really be, you know, if you can hold a conversation, um, you know, it's if you haven't got a heart rate, we wanted you to see what's happening, um, then, yeah, then that's the right pace.
0: Yeah. I think that's spot on and, uh, yeah, no surprise to hear some wisdom from Rod. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty much spot on with those kind of things. Um, I guess from my perspective and if you are looking at using your heart rate, um, what I've tried to do um, this year is really concentrate on running um, the first hour or even longer than the first hour um, at a – Heart rate that's at the low end of my mafetone rate. So in theory, I'm not supposed to go over 137 beats a minute. So excuse me, I really try and run um the first part of that um, you know, at, at about 127 or 130 heart rate early on. Um and what you find is even if you maintain your pace that your heart rate kind of creeps up over the course of the long run. Um and that way you can really um have a chance of running it out um, with strength and also run out the duration and the time on feet that you're looking for without your heart rate spiking into areas that are going to be difficult for you to recover from in the rest of your mm. training. Um, and, look, at, I'd kind of been doing that, started doing that a bit more intuitively, but when I was rereading um, Advanced Marathoning uh, last week, Pete Fitzinger was making exactly that point that you should start them at the low end Um of a heart rate that that which which is um, quite a bit lower than what you'd be doing if you're actually in the marathon. Um, and the, then you would finish the runs at closer to the heart rate that you would be doing in the marathon, but still slower than your actual marathon pace. So, if you're getting into your marathon pace in most of your long runs, then you're probably doing them um, too quickly, I guess, with the exception of some of the sessions we're talking about now, where you're you're actually going to be practicing your marathon pace. But that only really comes at right at the the pointy end of the training program. I think
1: one of my tips would be as well, um, is you know that first k or two ks to be really slow. And for me, and I'm not sure whether this is a a result of my heart surgery, but my heart rate, um, it just absolutely spikes for the first K. It doesn't matter how slow I'm running, it just goes straight up. It's completely opposite to yours. Yours starts really low. Um, And so I often find that the first couple of Ks, I feel terrible, And it's really, really hard. So I have to really ease into it. Like it's not unusual for me to be running over six minute Ks downhill for the first at least K in a long run. Um, But it's as though my heart rate and and my body slowly starts to warm up. And then by, you know, maybe three, four Ks, I'm finally starting to move. But um, I don't want to ruin or set the wrong tone of a long run by thinking that I need to be starting out at a particular pace. And so I often also like a long run to be sort of time on feet, as opposed to how many Ks I have actually travelled.
0: Yep, that is excellent advice. And look, I'm I'm with you. And like, I often run that slow first K at my very slow, (laughs) very slow and low heart rate. yeah, maybe it's an age thing. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, even on some of those long runs, I, I you know, sometimes I'll put in like two or three of those, you know, six-minute-kilometer-type kilometers, and that really does set you up for a good long, long run because, you know, it just seems to kind of get you into that. Kind of steady, steady state running. Um, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it helps you get into that kind of fat burning zone early, so that you've um, got plenty of energy to kind of sustain the effort throughout the course of the um, the entire two hours or whatever it mm, might and be. And I guess
1: also for long runs, you know, the purpose of them isn't for you know, another quick session. Uh, most of the time, it is the recovery run and just getting the time on the legs and getting your body used to that constant pounding. So it shouldn't be so much about worrying how fast you're doing them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that would yeah. be probably another one of my tips.
0: Yep, definitely. Yeah. There you go. Long runs. I reckon that is almost a wrap. So all we need to talk about now is what's happening this week.
1: Well, this week, um, I'm not that exciting this week. You're a lot more exciting than me, so uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing quickly. Um, I'm recovering. Okay.
0: <laughs> Recovery jogs. Um, actually had these <laughs> easy yeah, jogging, yeah, easy jogging.
1: So I had my amazing physio yesterday. Um, I'm usually a bit battered and bruised um, after seeing her, but she realigns me, and I usually come pretty good. Um, so some just really easy jogging. Uh, I'll do a session on Thursday. And I'm doing a tempo on Saturday. Um, It isn't a race. As I mentioned, I'm sort of looking for races to try and do tempos in to help me through them. Uh, I won't be doing it at marathon pace. My aim is to do four-minute Ks. It's 6K cross-country, so it's pretty short. Um, I hate cross-country. I think I say that every week. Still hasn't changed. (laughs) Um, And I really, really want to practice going out slow and feeling a million dollars over the last sort of tail end of the race, no matter how um, far the race is. So, uh, And then finish the week off with another two-hour long run.
0: Sounds like a nice solid week of marathon training coming up for you. Yeah, so this
1: is week one, one of 14. So I'm putting last week behind me and it's just going to be up and up from here. What about you? I'm excited to hear about your tail end of the week.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be pretty uneventful for me up to and including Saturday. Um, On Saturday, there is the uh, Victorian 15-kilometre road racing championships held around Lake Wenderee in Ballarat. So I'm jumping into that not to race but to practice that 15K um adam didick session that we've been talking about um and yeah my goal or basically what i'm going to do is probably do a 15 or 20 minute easy warm-up um head on over to the start line and then run the first 5k at 450 um the second at 445 and the third at 440 and i can make sure that my heart rate monitor and gps starts Mm. um this time um and then yeah after the race um Actually, the first thing I'm going to do is probably go and jog around the lake and actually make that my long run because I'll have already done probably 18Ks by the time I warm up and do the 15. So I may as well um, uh, finish it off with, an, with a jog around the lake and that'll be my long run for the week on the Saturday. Um, but, yeah, after that I'll be pouring over my heart rate data to see what happened during those 5K blocks. Yeah, I'm really
1: keen to see um, that and I think we'll talk about it next week and even post maybe a photo of what your heart rate data has done.
0: That's right and and look, in the, I just was just looking after my heart rate for the marathon last year and in the first 5K, I went 131, 140, 144, 144, 145 um, and then 146, 45, 48, 48, 49 and then in the third 5K, it was 48, 50, 51, 52, 51 so... I don't know. Look, it's not exactly going to be a fair comparison because I was running a lot slower then. Um, That was all kind of just a touch over five-minute K pace um, through that section, probably, I don't know, 504s, 505s. But that kind of – it'll be that kind of trajectory or um, gradient in heart rate increase that I'll be kind of looking for in this session if I get some sort of crazy spike when I hit 445 or 440, I'll know that – uh, perhaps my goals are too ambitious, but if it just eases up nice and steadily, like like the ones that I just read out, then I'll know I'm kind of in the ballpark for my marathon mm. pace. Yeah, it'll be so pace. interesting
1: to see how it does result to what you do run in the in the marathon in October. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. Good we'll week. See how Looking we forward to it. Yeah, should be fun. Um, yeah. Well, well good luck for
1: Saturday. I uh, can't wait to see how you go.
0: Thank you very much and uh, enjoy oh, your God. recovery week. See next week. You've been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin.